I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out, a podcast with your lesbian biffles. Is that a thing? That's a thing. I don't know. It's a thing. Now. I'm your <laughs> I'm your host from the West Coast, Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is somewhere that we can touch base every episode about things that are going on in the podcast, in our lives, or just in the greater Les universe. And the first thing that we want to shout out is our Boston show. Thank you so much to everyone who came. We had such a great time, and we are so excited to do some more shows. We can't wait for everyone to hear the audio from that episode. We are going to be releasing it soon, uh, and it is actually going to be our last episode of season two, which is coming up before we take a summer hiatus so that my wife and I can have even more babies. It's crazy. We are going to miss you so much over the summer, but don't worry. We will be all over the social medias and we will still be responding to you all via email. And we hope that, you know what, over the summer, just listen to all of us again. Just listen to season one and two. Why not? (laughs) We also want to shout out that the Les Hangouts across the country across the world or have already started there have been a few that have taken place already we have had some in denver we've already had les hangouts in pittsburgh and just recently in seattle and there are more coming up so if you did not get enough of ellie at our live show at which Boston we know Pride, you did it <laughs> This past week, then you will not want to miss the Les Hangouts Boston edition taking place June 13th from 7 to 10 p.m. at Turtle Swamp Brewing Company. Ellie's going to be there. No pressure. No pressure. I'm so excited. We have a lot of people who have been joining the group lately. Please, I would love to meet more of you. So anyone who wants to come, more than welcome. We also have Les Hangouts in Duluth on July 27th. There's going to be a Barbie Queer picnic. So make sure you check out our Facebook to join any of those groups. And if you want to start your own Les Hangouts, email us. We are looking for orga- we are looking for organizers in any city. So no city is too big or too small. For our last 
This week in the Lesdom News today, we want to shout out Bechdelcast, who has an episode coming out this week on Booksmart, which you know Ellie and I are obsessed, obsessed with this movie. Oh my god, I have not laughed that hard in such a long time. If you have not seen Booksmart yet, please go see it. I do not understand how every single showing of this movie is not just packed, packed. sold out, people sitting on each other's laps. And Beanie Feldstein message us. Yes. Uh, lo- heart, heart you. Love you. It's amazing. Bechdel cast, I'm sure, is going to crush this episode. Uh, and they even reached out to us to send them a little spiel about our thoughts on the movie since it features so much queer rep uh, and they wanted to get a queer perspective on it. So we are super, super excited to hear them break this film down. Cannot, cannot wait to hear it. Oh, yeah. I feel so seen by that movie, too. Like, I know it's like, you're like, when people look like you, but Amy, like, is who I wish I was in high school. <laughs> uh, Ugh, so accurate. So good. And with that, back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 19 of season two, Close Quarters with Mandala Rose. Hey, Mandala. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. <laughs> hey. <laughs> thank you for Yay! having me. <laughs> We're so excited. You- Probably all know Mandala from All About E, but you are about to know her from, I think, every web series premiering in the next six to nine months, uh, which include, but I think are not limited to, Biffle, Passage, Crazy Bitches, For the Love of Jesse, Forever Not Maybe, Probably More That I Missed, apparently something called Los Angeles, which is not the city Los Angeles, although you could know her from the city Los Angeles. I do live there, here. I'm here right now. (laughs) Where are you from originally, though? That accent doesn't sound uh, Los Angeles. No, I am from Australia, from a place called Adelaide in South Australia. Nice. How long have you been in LA? For three years. I got here at the end of March in 2016, and I just got a new O1 visa um, and here at least until 2021, but hopefully for much longer. Think of how many web series you could do between now and 2021. I know. It's all of them. So many possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Just all of the options. Uh, did I miss any? I feel like I probably missed some. I tried to get. I mean, a couple of those that you named as web series are oh, actually well, feature my films. Mistake. But, you know, so it's all shot with a similar crew. It's perfectly fine. And are these all queer? The only one out of those that is not queer is For the Love of Jesse, where I've been told I play straighter better than my lead co-partner who is straight. So that's cool. <laughs> well, well, you also play queer really well. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. It's actually You're really welcome. exciting that since I've been here and working, the predominant work that I've been doing is actually all queer. And that is super exciting. It's only like one or two projects that are not queer. And for our audience, if anyone doesn't know who you are, how do you personally identify? Queer, gay, lesbian. I like women. (laughs) Well, who doesn't? Exactly. Who does not? (laughs) (laughs) True. Was that like when you came to LA, was that the plan? You were like, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to be an actor and I'm just going to be in all of this gay stuff. Not at all. It wasn't a plan. And a lot of the, like, there have been times, a number of times when I've asked how I feel about being pigeonholed as a queer actor and playing queer characters all the time. And I remember thinking younger, oh, is that actually something like, and by younger, I'm, I have, I've actually only been out for a decade. I guess also the fact that how I got to LA is because of All About E, a queer, a lesbian film. I already had that door open to get into so maybe that's one of the reasons why I have and also I'm not afraid to be so open about my sexuality either yeah it wasn't the plan but I'm certainly grateful for it and very very lucky as queer audience members we and a lot of our listeners I feel like love people who actors who are queer who also play queer so like you have a very strong and loyal fan base for doing what you are doing. Awesome. (laughs) I'm sure you know from going to Clexicon and all of that. It's quite Um, humbling. Yeah. Before we started this episode, Lee was like, I'm going to wrangle Ellie in and I already feel like I want to go crazy. 
It's okay. I'll I'll get you when I need to. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Clexicon. Yes. We met you there two years ago, but I feel like this most recent year you were like in your prime. Can you just t- talk to us about some of the outfits that you were wearing at Clexicon? Because <laughs> they were wonderful. <laughs> I was actually tweeted if if I would wear the Matador costume that I wore in All About E to Clexicon this year. And at the time when I got that tweet, that costume was back in Adelaide in my storage unit. But I happened to have to go back home in November and I remembered to pack it because I thought, oh, that would be so much fun. And I was gifted it by Louise and Jay, the director and producer, because it was made just for me. And I, I stood there for hours as this was sewn onto my body. And then I was also asked to, uh, to help judge the cosplay. And I thought, what a perfect opportunity to wear that. So that's why I wore that on the Saturday. And it was just so much fun. Uh, <laughs> and to put it back on again was also a lot of fun. And people recognizing it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. What other costumes? What else was I wearing? I mean, I just feel like you always have just the best style. Like you you just you dress like what I envision an L.A. lesbian would dress like. I'm going to say the first way. the first place we saw you at Clexicon this year was at the pool party. You had on like hammer pants. Yes, the hammer like, pants. You were like breaking it down by the side of the pool in these like sick hammer pants. I don't know. Yeah, cool? it just feels like, like you're living coolest... your best life at Clexicon. Thanks. I felt like Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good look. Hey, Aladdin is very in right now, you know, so... Wouldn't that be the day, a queer Aladdin? Well, we are here to talk about Biffle, which is a new web series that you're in. Can you tell us a little bit about Biffle? So Biffle is a LGBTQ comedy with a lot of drama. Um, I kind of see it as the the new queer friends. It is. I could totally see that. It is. I play Sarah, they, them, their, ace, lesbian, angry little pocket rocket, maybe. Um, (laughs) They're fun and such a pleasure to bring to life. And just the the entire experience has been absolutely phenomenal from the moment, because it was ClexCon last year that uh, Jill and Amber producers of and also editors approached me they dm'd me via my instagram were like hey we're wondering if you'd be interested in reading and i read it and i remember sending them uh like the please i want some more emoji um (laughs) because the writing like kelsey's writing is just it's moorish and i i couldn't put it down and i'm so excited to share this with everyone it's so very exciting. I think queers deserve a gay friends because everyone wants that, right? We actually, my wife and I just finished re-watching Friends because we always need to have like a short 30-minute comedy when you're just like, quick, do something to shut my brain off for like 20 minutes. And we happened to just re-watch Friends. And like, Friends is funny, but it's also funny to go back to for all of the ways in which you're like, wow, this was so... Very problematic in so many ways. Um, and also so gay. I, we, I guarantee we are going to do a Should Have Been Gay on Friends at some point because she literally made it like five seasons in and she was like, I should have been writing these down for you while I'm watching this. Like there's too many to even remember all of the moments that are just like scream queer at you. So I think we need an actually queer, way less problematic Friends. And I would love for that to be Biffle. I'm all for it. Yeah. And I agree with what you're saying about wanting more because I saw the first three episodes at Clexicon and the second after I stopped watching them, I was like, where's the rest? I (laughs) I need to see what happens. There's too much happening that I already am invested in. Um, we'll talk about it. But yeah, the writing was yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah, it was really great. And I think the great thing about Biffle is that the writers are themselves a part of the LGBTQ community, correct? Correct. And you can very clearly tell that in the writing because it's so relatable. 
And I remember, I remember being told that the director was going to be Darren Taylor and instantly I had my, my defenses up and kind of, in a like, what does a, a straight male think that he, he can do that a queer woman cannot in directing this. So already I had my defenses up when going in to meet this director with Amber before, and, and also meeting Amber for the first time as well, before I actually um, had said yes to it. And I remember being in there and I had arrived at the cafe early and knowing that I was looking for a Darren Taylor and I saw this white guy, (laughs) (laughs) cis white male just standing there. And I thought, oh, I wonder if he's, I wonder if he's fucking Darren. I wonder if this is Darren (laughs) just sitting back watching. Um, And then Amber came in and I saw who actually Darren was. I was like, okay, cool. Sweet. Okay. Okay. Awesome. We're okay. (laughs) So it was instant thought of, ooh, but man, Darren is, he is such a good director and he listens and he's so much fun to play with and he is all about the collaboration. He knows that we are bringing these characters to life and they're, you know, they're a part of us now. Sarah's always going to be a part of, they are me in an alternative reality, parallel universe. That's how I see my acting. Um, and, and to have that collaboration with such an awesome director is such a gift. So... Yeah, it's very exciting to be part of this. Yeah. And uh, also, just as a, a shameless plug of our other faves coming out pod, who also had just had an episode with Kelsey, who is the writer, which was also an amazing episode. If you haven't listened to it, you should check it out. Talking all about being ace and coming out as ace, and it was very, very cool. I totally agree with what Ellie was saying, which is that it, it does, you can tell immediately when when queer writing and queer characters and queer stories um, just sort of ring true to queer people, you know? Um, There's something that that just really immediately resonates with you. Uh, And I think for us, one of the many topics I'm sure we will touch on in this episode, the one that I sort of immediately jumped out to me as, like, here is such a common queer thread (laughs) that I think we need to touch on a little bit is that the the two very first characters I think that you meet in Biffle in the very first episode are Jill and Chloe who are roommates um one of them definitely queer one of them we we unknown unclear Unclear. <laughs> Unclear. But it seems, and, and again, I've only seen the first episode, but it seems like there's something maybe going on there. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and I feel like that, A, the maybe, and B, the possibility of the beyond the maybe uh, of roommates actually hooking up or dating each other is a very, a very queer story that yes. I think we could talk about a little bit. Because um, I'm not going to say that one of the two of us definitely has stories of dating their roommate, but... You dated maybe... your roommate, Lee? No, I haven't. I have? Haven't you? <laughs> or did you move in after? <laughs> no. We... I'm like, who? <laughs> no, we moved in after. Oh, I thought you moved in first. I could still tell this story because it okay. is... Okay, tell this story because I swear you were living together first. It is still a lot. Okay, so me and my ex-girlfriend, we started dating in college when, you know, we were not roommates, but like might as well be like, you know, stay in the dorm room all the time, whatever. But the summer after, so it was like four or five months after we started dating, we both were in this summer acapella group together um, and... It was 10 girls living in one house, and me and my girlfriend were two of the 10 girls. So we lived in a house with eight other people as a couple. I'm so sorry. I had my timeline all wrong. Yeah, but it's okay, because it is still... There are a lot of things that are uncomfortable about being a couple, especially a queer couple, living with other women. Like, it's an interesting dynamic. (laughs) Yeah. But we lived there for three months. Like, for the whole summer. So it wasn't, like, super long. Yeah. And pretty early on in your relationship. And super early in the relationship, yeah. So that was, like, the first time we'd ever (laughs) lived together was with eight other people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
couple, yeah, in, a, in like the smallest room in the house because oh. they were like, you're a couple. You can live in this tiny room that's basically a closet with a full-size bed. It was so- Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Has that, nice. has that ever happened to you, Mandala? Have you ever dated a roommate? Just going back and just thinking about all the living arrangements I've had. I, <laughs> I haven't. I've not done the whole real U-Haul thing either. No, that's not something that I have been a part of. And is it? I don't think it's something that I probably would want. To, I mean, who knows what, what happens with, you know, you can't help what the heart wants. Uh, so who knows what... I want to live by myself anyway. So <laughs> I don't know. It's like... Here's, I have one, maybe two. I think I have two. I think I have two theories for why I would say I think it is something that happens pretty commonly to queer people. And I, I'm going to, maybe I should say there's one and then two. The second one I'm going to say is probably pretty specific to queer women. One of them, I do think it is more common for queer people to still live with, like, same-gender roommates a lot of the time. I think especially more so than you'd see, like, a straight guy and girl living together who are, like, just friends. Like, I feel like it's not that it never happens. I think it, it sure it happens, but I think it's a lot less common. But I think it's a lot more common to see, like, either two queer women living together or as is the case in Biffle, something where you have, like, a bunch of queer people, a, a girl who may or may not be straight sort of thrown in the mix. And, you know, I think it's not unimaginable that, like, you gain a certain closeness and familiarity with each other. Absolutely. I mean, you, your home is somewhere where you where you feel comfortable enough to be able to be vulnerable. And there are times when I'm sure... Not I'm sure. There are times when your housemates... Sorry, I call them housemates. The whole roommate thing, like Americans say roommate, and I just I, I automatically change it to housemate 
because they're not sharing okay. my room. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a no, good no, no. thing. It's a good thing we had that definition though, because listeners might have gotten confused. No, no, you can otherwise. say roommate. I just thought that I would just let you know. <laughs> but please <laughs> continue to yes. say yeah. I think it makes absolute sense that there is that closeness there because you do share things with each other that you don't with other people because of that nesting home life. So I can definitely see how how one could fall into or find themselves suddenly in a relationship that they otherwise did not see coming. Yes. <laughs> did not like, seek oh, out maybe, did fuck. not uh, look for. I'm suddenly in a relationship and living with my partner. which is like the most lesbian u-haul move ever right absolutely uh, you u-hauled before you even started dating yeah yeah okay wait i just have one quick clarifying question though what if you actually do share a room are those roommates yeah then i'd say that then that we i call them a roommate yeah okay because i will say i do feel like you know ellie you brought up college and i do feel like that happened a lot in college i mean again we've covered on the podcast that ellie and i both went to very very queer schools i feel like definitely people <laughs> at school like moved in together like all girls schools i did i went to an all-girls school yeah yeah mine was not all i went girls, to an all-girls school too there were just a lot of queer people there i don't know what there was something in the water <laughs> <laughs> wait you said you said you did mandala where'd you go yeah um, I went to, so my school, my high school is actually called a college. So it was called St. Mary's College in Adelaide. And it's a, it's one of those, I mean, Australia doesn't have a very old history. So, but for its age, my school was considered an old school. It's about a hundred and, it's about 150 years old now. And it's reception to, or kindergarten actually, kindy to uh, year 12 seniors, um, all girls, so I went there from the age of year year six until year twelve. Wait, you have to translate. Is is year six the same as sixth grade for us? Yes. Okay. Yes, sixth grade. Sorry. Okay. Sixth grade. We call it Wait, sixth was school. it was yeah. it like a boarding school? No, it wasn't a boarding okay. school. Though. Back in the day, like back in the day, it used to be a boarding school, but no, it's in the heart of the city, so not anymore. When did you come out? Like, were you out at an all girls? school no I was not and I was actually so not only being at an all-girls school as I was raised from the age of eight until I moved out when I was 19 by nuns by two Dominican sisters so I didn't actually come out until I was 26 and I would get the whole joke that you know the whole joke at school the girls would make fun of my of my nuns my foster parents calling them lesbians and you know that and I'd get so defensive and be like they're not lesbians <laughs> they're nuns they're just they're best friends um and and they actually are like I spoke to Rosemary and she would say that she had a boyfriend before she went into the nunnery and Anne just went straight from school to the nunnery and you know it was just they're just housemates they're just like best friends it's cute because it's like it's the I'm sure it was like a very accurate reaction but it's like it just sounds like the most naive ridiculous thing to say you know <laughs> like, like doesn't it sound like the most like i like i'm living in a cloud world of like they're not they're just gal pals you know yeah <laughs> where if it was like anyone else you'd be like okay sure um but i'm sure they were it's just it's it's very cute how well it lines up with like the very common defense of like two very gay people <laughs> it's okay oh absolutely and i i i i see that um i can i can see that absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and and i mean but the fun thing was as well they they would actually take me to equal rights rally rallies when when i was young and just told me how everyone is equal and love is love and so they're very like rosemary is 79 and as 69 so they're not they're not young but they're not you know they're very open and aware, so it was very wonderful being brought up in that kind of environment, which is interesting enough because I didn't even think that that liking girls was a, a thing. Like I remember watching Xena. <laughs> <laughs> well, Every lesbian, good lesbian story starts with yeah, I remember right? watching Xena. <laughs> I remember watching Xena, and Rosemary and Anne would make fun of me, and like 
and, and not in like a oh my god they're lesbians way but just the fact that I would stay up late at night secretly watching this show <laughs> um when I was meant to be asleep in bed I dated boys but it, it was very short-lived um because imagine bringing a boy home to meet you know <laughs> uh, it's not something that you, you know oh yeah by the way my 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 mum's plural are nuns um so so that was never a thing and I was always one of those that would like never call a guy back. I just ghost them. That was how I dumped them. Mm. Such a bitch. <laughs> but were wait, were other girls at your school gay? Like, was it because you? I mean, so because we were saying we went to queer schools. Was it like a queer space, or was there just a lot of like talk or rumors or jokes or? Not, not that I, rem- not that I remember. Like it, it, like there would be jokes, and it would be seen as like not a positive thing at all. Um, I remember in uh, ninth grade, we were at camp, and one of my friends was in tears because uh, she she realized that she wasn't that she actually liked girls, and she was terrified of everyone finding out, especially being in a girls' school as well. Um, and I don't – I remember being obviously super supportive and understanding, but I don't I don't have the memory of my school being – it wasn't that they that it was against queer, it's just that it wasn't talked about. Yeah, um, yeah. What was this? I graduated in 2001, so – yeah, and it wasn't until when did I come out? Two thousand. I mean, I'm everyone can guess my age. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. But how very not LA of you. Yeah, I don't care. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Lauren still won't tell me how old she is. I got my first gray when I was eight years old. I oh fucking my. earned that gray hair. I've earned it all. <laughs> it was a rough all year. Years, rough year that lives. eighth year. <laughs> I do think there's a difference between the level of queer that you encounter with, like, all-girl high school or younger versus women's colleges. Oh, yeah, most people have uh, figured it out a little bit more. <laughs> well, and I think especially are, like, you know, you're out of, the, out of your parents' house, you're, you know, you, it, you're more open, I think, to trying stuff out or not feeling confined in some ways, because, mm. yeah, my experience at Mount Holyoke and even compared to because um same thing Kelsey went to uh an all-girls school starting in fourth grade um so fourth grades through uh through the end of high school and then went to Mount Holyoke which is also a women's college and yeah I mean vastly different uh different queer ratios between like her high school uh and like our college (laughs) Not surprising. <laughs> Not quite the same story whatsoever. But I also think especially at school, at like in college where you do have people living, like rooming together, you know. I literally, so I have a story about college. <laughs> oh, I have a story about college. No, but I have two good friends. If they listen to this episode, they know exactly who they are. Um, but they, like, you know, you get paired up with your roommate before school even starts. So they got paired yeah. up together as roommates. They and started... I say yeah because I've only seen this in movies. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like they do in all. Yeah, typical. I was a spring entrant, so me too, Mandela. It's fine. So oh, yeah, <laughs> for, for my college, they paired you up before the school year started, and both of these women were straight until they got to school. But that whole summer, they texted nonstop. Like, they basically (laughs) fell in love, like, via the internet before they got to school. Get to school, are, like, still figuring everything out. Two twin beds in their room, but every night they'd only sleep in one twin bed. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm not kidding. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. And they both still thought they were straight? And... I mean, they both came out freshman year. Like, it didn't take them that long. (laughs) But I just think it's like, if you think about it, they got paired up. And they actually came out and didn't didn't even date each other, (laughs) which is sort of sad, but it's fine. Did they stop sharing the bed at that point? They're good friends. Yeah, no, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think they might have had to split up in the beds. But if you put two, two queer women 
in in a room in a house together and they're both single i don't know things <laughs> things could happen possibilities happen yeah they happen they do i feel like even if you put two not queer women right like even, what do you mean even consenting <laughs> adults if you put two consenting adults yes no yes. but even i think i think especially True. i mean I'm saying it in the context of Biffle, where one of them is ostensibly not queer. But I think whether it, if one of them is, I still think it's pro- a very likely possibility that that queer one is going to fall for the other one. I mean, what's that saying? You're only straight until you're wet. <laughs> yes. Something like that. <laughs> Spaghetti girls. <laughs> yep. That is a saying. <laughs> I think it's not exactly how the saying goes, but I think I like your way better. <laughs> okay, cool. I love it. Yeah, words. I feel like straight girls might might uh, object to that interpretation of the saying, <laughs> but it's okay. Well, have you have you heard of that? There's actually a term, and it what is it called? It's homoflexible. Oh no, I haven't. No, what is I it? haven't, but I love it. I'm. Pretty sure I'm a flexible. It means like you're in that in between between straight and bisexual. <laughs> I'm like, do we need okay, we need cool. like another wrong on the ladder? Apparently, everyone just apparently we just need yeah more labels, more labels. Yeah. Speaking actually, good segue. Speaking Ooh. speaking of labels, Biffle does a good job of getting as many identities on the spectrum as they can in the show. It right. doesn't have anyone who's homoflexible, though. So. No homoflexible. Well, where's hey, the you know representation? What? Matt. Um, we, Matt could be. Yeah, Matt That's could true. be. You don't know. Chloe could be. Yeah. There's, there are options. There's room for representation. Yeah, for sure. That was obviously an intentional choice. Can you talk a little bit about the choices of the labels and sexualities for the characters in Biffle? We need representation. Full stop. And the more representation we have out there where it's like it, it, it's not a thing, it doesn't like someone's label is not who they are or what they are. So if it's just like, oh, this person, representation is important because people actually are able to see themselves in whatever form that they do. Um, and if they're even able for that one moment to see a part of themselves on screen, then they don't feel alone. And that is, I think, the the key the key ingredient to, to 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 feeling loved and to to having a place in this earth. What I love most about Biffle is that it brings everyone together, whether you're straight, whether you're queer, whether you're uh, non-binary, however you see yourself, asexual, and it just lets shows that people are people, no matter what they they identify as. Um, and I feel that the more representation that is out there and for people to see, then the more I'm doing normal like that because normal has always not been seen as what everyone is, but it is normal. It, it's normal to, to be exactly who you are, and I feel as though it's it's more important to have these kind of shows out there to show people that they are normal and they are not alone and they are loved. I think representation is just so important and if we're going to make a difference and make a change in this world then we need to walk the walk as well as talk it and we're all about talking about how we need the representation and and people are not seeing that but what if we're actually given the opportunity to do that then then all these lives can be touched and and just and saved hopefully I'm super excited about Biffle and I'm super excited just not just about Biffle but about all the projects that I have been a part of since I've been here because, you know, it's not just about the queer community. It's also about women being in charge and women actually being in this male-dominated industry um, where we can do the same job as everyone else and you can actually completely fill an entire crew with women and POC and all ranges of people not just men and that's what we need to be doing and that's what these projects have been doing which is super exciting the less cis white males on set the better (laughs) yeah it's funny because you know you were saying you didn't come to LA specifically with a plan in mind to like do primarily queer stories but I also feel like there is so much more awareness I think on 
on the sets of people who are making queer media, um, that you do have, like, so many more women in these positions, so many more people of color in these positions, so many different, like, people of different identities, sexualities, gender identities, like, all sorts of stuff, that I think it, it creates a very, very different work environment, you know? Absolutely. When I think about the film sets that I've worked on um, that are predominantly cis white males, there's a very noticeable um, uh, separation. The actors sit with the actors and the film crew sit with the film crew and the makeup and the hair go together. But recently I've not felt that separation in my projects. Like everyone sits with each other and we all interact and we all talk and we all realize that we're all actually coming together to collaborate and create that we're all one in the same. And that's what I love the most about where I'm finding myself in this film industry uh, is the fact that it's it's more open and understanding of the fact that everyone is on the same level. I remember going onto this set. I remember going onto this set, and it was the first time I was. Um, I, I wanted to work behind the camera, and it was my first day being set, second AD. And um, my first AD was is this guy, and he's like, "So have you done this before?" I'm like, "No, but I'm a fast learner, and I've been on a couple of sets, and you know, I really, I just love to learn about stuff." And he's like, "Okay, cool," and I'm like. But just, just, just first of all, I just need you to know that I really don't appreciate mansplaining. So when we, like, when you teach me stuff, let's just, just teach me as though we're actually just learning something together. Don't mansplain it. Like, let me learn as well. And he was just like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm like, cool. (laughs) It was like (laughs) so much fun. And he would, he would just, again, you know, I have, unfortunately, I can say this about myself. Because of my past and my upbringing, I already have a defense mechanism that whenever I, uh, a cis white male is in the room, any kind of male really, I instantly have my defenses up. And mm. it, it is something that I'm working on because I know that not all men are awful, but it's, it's definitely uh, something that I'm <laughs> needing to be more open about myself. But it was <laughs> nice to go in there and be like, this is me. I don't like mansplaining, but let's work together. <laughs> And it was ultimately a good experience by the end of it. It was a great experience. And again, women were at the helm, women directors, women DP. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk, I know we're like, labels aren't what define the character. But I do want to talk a little bit about Sarah's labels. Because I don't know if I can think on the top of my head just about any other character who's really asexual um, so that's just such a huge thing. What did you learn about asexuality through playing a character like Sarah? That's a really good question. That's a interesting question. In in the first season, again with labels, it is stated in the first episode where you meet Sarah, non-binary, asexual. But we don't go into their story at all in really in the first season. So having that, going into my story, knowing that I am asexual, they, them, there, um, and so I had this conversation with Kelsey because, of course, I want to learn and I want to have the right representation because there's no point in me bringing Sarah to life if the representation isn't on form. Um, so I, when I was at Clexcon, I attended the Aero and Ace uh, meetup and just wanted to be there to, to listen to stories and to – because I have questions myself as well. Um, and I know that when we do get more into the season, because season one is, is actually Jill's story, when we do get more into the seasons and learn more about our other family, the rest of the family um, – Jess, who Sarah is dating, will definitely come into that. And they're dating and it's long distance. And how does that, how does asexuality, Sarah being asexuality, affect their relationship? And can it still work if there is no sex? And I'm super excited to to go into telling of that story because there are so many questions that people have about asexuality and how, how living as an ace person is. And I'm because I haven't really had a chance to tell that part of Sarah's story, I'm looking forward to when we do get to knuckle down and get into season two to be able to learn more about that and have a greater understanding myself for, for the representation that I am portraying. But for season one, it definitely did have – it's important to know that that is Sarah going into telling their story. 
Because there is no representation. Like, you're right. And I have had a number of people, one, thank me for actually being there at that meetup to want to represent. And then also for those who did see the first three episodes or, you know, even were lucky enough to, to also see the first, they're like, there is no one like Sarah. And it is Biffle already puts, because of a character like Sarah, puts what they're about to bring about in in the representation on the map. So it's super exciting about what what Kelsey is going to bring and what, what the Biffle team is, is going to bring everyone for the future. Because, um, man, if, if that representation is just in the first episode, I'm super excited. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I think people have talked about this before. They're the episode between Sid and Elena in One Day at a Time where um Sid the the hotel episode yeah Sid tells Elena that they they don't have to do anything ever sexually really I think a lot of people said like that made them feel seen but I don't think they like super super went there to the extent of like this is Elena pronouns she her like identity asexual you know like they're like, oh, maybe that is part of her storyline, something similar, but they ne- like they never put a label on it. And there is something about actually slapping a label on something that makes those people feel seen. It does. Because humans, we have to label. Like, I mean, that's why we have such a such a stereotype now because people have to label certain groups of people to actually help them understand or whatever. One of the most exciting mm-hmm. things being at the Klexcon premiere of Biffle was when Matt gets schooled by Taylor about they, them, their pronouns, it's not mm-hmm. hard. Like to have that kind of uh, snap in the first episode, it's it's exciting. And, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for just for people to feel represented. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's interesting, and, and Kelsey said this a little bit too, uh, the coming out part episode that she was on, but um, that she was talking about how she doesn't really have to come out as as asexual in conversation, really, because I think asexuality, um, a lot of the the there are there's a whole subset of identities a that we don't see really anywhere, um, and part of that is also that they're not out there very much. They're not in you know it's it doesn't come up quite yeah. the same way uh, the way that it like you can date and be in a relationship and get married and be asexual and people might assume <laughs> things that aren't correct I mean, uh, but it doesn't always. require you to put it out there you know and so i think that there i mean if you think about have i seen a character who's ace on a tv show on a movie no you you there are plenty of characters that you haven't seen have sex <laughs> Right. But yeah. there's no assumption on anyone's part that that means anything about whether or not they want to. <laughs> right. The assumption is always, of co- well, of course they want to. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, who doesn't want to? And it's like, well, uh, well, ace people don't <laughs> want to. <Yes. laughs> yeah, that's that's who uh, yeah. that's super easy answer. But it is it's it's I feel like unless you do like literally slap the label on the screen the way they do in Biffle, it's not going to jump out at you immediately, right? And and it might not jump out at you possibly ever. Well, I think even, too, this is another... Oliver is aromantic. Mm-hmm. And I think even when you put the label on someone, the way that Matt is used really is to slap straight people in the <laughs> face. Absolutely. <laughs> such Such a great use. Like, because, I mean, Oliver is very clear... He's aromantic. His friend, who knows him very well, even his friend can't understand, like can't wrap his head around the fact you're, but you're in love with this person. Like, you you know, he's like forcing all of these feelings, projecting them onto his friend. Yeah. Because he can't understand how someone like wouldn't live in the same way that he does. How, how fucking wonderful for that story to be told and for that representation to be up there because, you know, there are so many individuals, like there are billions of people in this world and we can't represent every single one of them, unfortunately, but we're trying. But if those people were just able to see what aromantic is or what asexuality is, 
they will realize that there is not anything wrong with them and that what they are is normal and being asexual is perfectly fine and normal. And I think the more people that understand that asexuality exists, aromantic exists, then if it's out there and spoken about and represented, then there won't, like people are less likely to assume. I feel like it's exciting. I mean, I know that it's not changing overnight, but it's getting to the point where we, I mean, the topics we're talking about now, we were not talking about 10 years ago or even five mm-hmm. years ago or yeah, even like three years ago. So we're taking strides. It may seem as though it's that it's long distance strides, but we're getting there. And it's, it's exciting because the more topics that are coming up or the more labels that are coming up, then the more included people are feeling. Um, And I feel as though Trump... (laughs) We'll bleep the name out and say the name. It's fine. It's fine. out of my mouth. Like... Look, we, we are all for swearing on the podcast, but there are certain words that we just uh, won't allow. (laughs) We're not going to have to bleep that. (laughs) Right. With, with someone like that who has really not just ruffled feathers, but has like has people actually terrified i feel as though for great change to happen chaos has to happen unfortunately so the more feathers this guy ruffles the more women are going to be standing up all around the world and being like you know what fuck this fuck men who think that that they can continue (laughs) to push us down into the ground because we are such powerful individuals and they know that, and that's why they continue to push us down. And the more this fuckhead, sorry, at least I didn't say the T word. No, that totally one will leave it, and that's fine. The more this guy ruffles feathers, the more people are going to wake up. Like, we need people to wake up. So that's what's exciting about this. And then, and then going back to the representation of it, if we're so more, if we're open about our representation, if we're open about who we are and what we represent, then we become this, like, battalion of of queer soldiers and that's that's how we're going to make the difference now mandal i know you're not originally from the u.s so i do just want to correct you it's fuckhead in chief is, uh, sorry uh, the official, <laughs> thank you i'm so glad you corrected official that. title but uh, yeah, I, I am so down for a queer battalion man how yeah, do you i feel up? like i want mandala to lead the queer battalion yes. in the um the matador suit that's <laughs> yeah. what i see with like this and then they were all just like yeah yeah i see it very clearly Uh, (laughs) sign me up man (laughs) i'm all for i'm down for that draft let's do it that's amazing (laughs) wonderful so okay given that you know we haven't seen the whole season of biffle what anything that you can like tease for us about what else what else we can expect when it's actually the whole thing is available for us? <laughs> Not to put you on the spot or anything. You're going to feel shit. You're going to feel so much shit and I'm I'm so excited for you. I mean, but I also don't want to, you know, build it up buttercup because <laughs> I don't want everyone to be like, "Oh, you know, expectations can really fuck things up. <laughs> so, you know, no. it's all right. I can still enjoy it. Maybe you might enjoy it. It's all right. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. I'm so excited. It's fun. <laughs> so we, and we don't, so we don't know exactly when it's coming out? Not yet. I wish I could tell you. Um, the, I mean, the most exciting thing I can tell you is that you can get Biffle merch if you want some T-shirts and snapbacks and caps and buttons. Um, we have that on our website, so start sporting the goods and um, and follow us on all the, the social medias because the social media Biffle team, man, they're on their game and you can, like, they have some awesome footage that they'll shoot out there now and then just to keep you wanting more and enticing you and, you know, letting you know that we're coming soon. It's fun and, you know, it's it's fun to be Biffled. <laughs> what is what does biffle mean the heart of biffle is that you are you and whatever label you choose is you so whatever biffle means to you is what biffle represents <laughs> <laughs> well we're excited for all of the things is it timely oh i think it might be time all right let's do this 
it, it depends on if you're ready, Mandala. So our next segment <gasps> is one of our favorites. It's called Q and Gay. Q, 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 Q and, 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 and Gay. Ooh. <laughs> okay, and okay. we will have I'm a ready? couple easy yes or no multiple choice questions. Uh, we will ask you, and then we will put them up on our Twitter so that awesome. our listeners can answer as well. So, are we ready? Shall I take it away with our Q and Gay? Let's do it. Okay, question one. Uh, have you ever dated a roommate? I have not. Okay. Apparently I- none of us have, so, you know, what do we know? So, number two. This is sort of interesting because, obviously... I knew aromantic and asexual before this. I wasn't sure what the term was for the opposite. And it's alloromantic or allosexual. Oh, I did so not know. know that. I like that. So, right? I like it. So the question is, how do you identify? A, aromantic, B, asexual, C, alloromantic, or D, allosexual? <laughs> I guess you could be a few of those. As Mandala, I identify as allosexual. I, understanding more about, you know, Ollie and Sarah's friendship and what they have and what aromantic means to them um, and having that person in your life, like for, for Ollie and Sarah, having each other in their life to be, you know, they hang out, they talk to each other about everything is is. It's being in a relationship with someone without the, the, the strings attached of what a relationship is. Um, and I see that, like, I'm in love with one of my best friends and we have uh, just a platonic friendship. And so, I mean, that's, that's all kinds of confusing. But um, I can <laughs> understand where a romantic would it's, it's interesting, you know, just real quick, I, just off topic, but not really. Um, I find that all my characters somehow, in a way, mirror part of my life whenever I happen to bring them to life. So this friendship between Ollie and Sarah, I see kind of mirrored between um, my own, uh, one of my own friendships, and it's really beautiful to see and gives me more of an understanding of Ollie and, and Sarah as well. So in that... I'm going to say that allosexual, um, I'm open. I'm an open creature. <laughs> circumstances. Yes. Yeah, circ- yeah, it's circumstances all circumstantial. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Question three. What does Biffle stand for? A, by friend love. <laughs> B, best identity for life. Ooh. C, <laughs> B in four legs. Or D, babe in Florida land. <laughs> I like the second one. Best identity for life. I like that. I like okay. that one too. I spent like 10 minutes just putting random words together for this one. Just, I was like, it took me, I looked up nouns that start with I. Like I was literally like trying to figure out what I, what I wanted to make these. So... Nice. Those all came from the strange mind of me. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number four. Which character do you most identify with from Biffle? A, Sarah, B, Chloe, C, Jill, or D, Oliver? Sarah. For me, Sarah, yeah. I feel like yeah. You, ha- you, you have to, but you never know. You could identify with I mean, with absolutely, you never know. Own. Sarah, yeah. Sarah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah's so much fun. Okay, question five, last question. How many roommates have you had at one time? A, zero, B, one, C, more than two, or D, more than five? More than five? How many people did you live with? No, there were five of us in two. Oh, hang on. No, then then there was that house, too, at the Hunley Street. One, two, three, four. Five. I feel like we need to play, like, the Jeopardy theme song while we count this up, right? Both houses, actually, there were five of us in total. And then the partner's on top of that. Yep. That's always how it is. Even if it's, like, technically, there were only three of us in there, but... (laughs) With with one shower, one bathroom. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, wait, we didn't even get to my second point of uh, why queer women date once they move in together, which is less why do queer women date once they move in together. But the other point I wanted to say about why this is more of a queer story than other people is like, no one falls for a straight dude after living with him. <laughs> the punchline, 10 <laughs> years later. <laughs> <laughs> it was a slow buildup. Remember that you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Mandala, thank you so, so much for joining us today. This was a delight. So much um, fun. Where is the best place for people to find you? Um, best place is probably the Twitters and the Instagrams. Um, I'm at Twisted Rose, and that's with a double I. Mm. T-W-I-I-S-T-E-D, Rose. The typical British European spelling of Twisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, twice, yeah. right? Yeah, I, the two eyes. <laughs> yes, twice, twice. That's a really good way of saying that. Twice yeah. in rows, but twisted. But then people yeah. would still spell dark. it wrong, so it's better that you. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but I mean, you can find me just looking up Mandala Rose. Um, also, I have a website, just mandalarose.com, and you can find the work that I have done on there. Not any of my recent work, but. My other stuff, definitely. And all of the many, many things that you have coming down the line. The many things. I've got Biffle, Passage, Alice and Izzy you can see on Tello. Um, Crazy Bitches is coming out very soon. For the Love of Jesse is a film that has the most wonderful Adrienne Barbeau in it, um, whom I have a, a couple of wonderful scenes. If you don't recognize her name, she uh, is the original Scream Queen, uh, The Fog, uh, Swamp, uh, Swamp Things, I believe. Forever Not Maybe will be coming out this year as well. It just had its first premiere at the Big Apple Film Festival in New York. Landed and Lowland are also coming out. Um, they're short films that I shot. Uh, August in the City is still doing its festival run. Look, yeah, just everything's going to come out at once. And you just, you, you, I'm sorry. I, I apologize in, in advance. You I don't think anyone will be face. upset about that. I think you're good. <laughs> Yes. I think I and think if you want to see more yeah. of Mandala's face, she's gonna do an Instagram story takeover on our Instagram this week. I am. So make sure you send us your questions so she can answer all of them. Woo. Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Mandala. Like Lee said, this was an absolute delight. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute honor. Let me hear you say hip, 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 well, yeah. We love hearing from you and building our community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And I have to shout out Haley Treat. We've been messaging on Instagram. I've been helping her with some podcast things, but she also sent me <laughs> this amazing Les Hangout drinking game. It's not finished. She has even more rules than this, but even these six <laughs> rules will get you pretty drunk. So here are the rules for the Les Hangout drinking game. If you're listening to the podcast and want to do a drinking game to it, hopefully not while you're driving, please not while you're driving. All right. So number one, every time Ellie, who is me, says amazing, <laughs> which I want to say that that's amazing, but I don't want to say that because then you have to drink. But I do think that's pretty amazing. Number two is you drink every time I talk about academics. <laughs> Oh, Lee, did you go to college? Did did you for know a few years? I I have spent many, many years in schools and have many degrees, all the degrees. <laughs> Are you a doctor? I might might be a doctor. Number three, every time Ellie or Lee mentioned meeting through acapella. What are the odds? <laughs> amazing cutoff. Cool. I just said Good. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> perfect no perfect rule four every time we create a bad ship name so should have been gay eps are gonna be rough rough for everyone number five every time ellie gets flustered when talking about a cute girl i feel so <laughs> called out <laughs> yeah we are put on blast by these rules i'll tell you what i do remember there was literally an episode where Jana texted me in the middle of it, and it was like three <laughs> weeks into us dating, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> So accurate. So I see you. Our last rule for this list, rule number six, is whenever I mention my daughter, which, look, okay, she's the cutest baby ever. It's not my fault. She's adorable. It's sweet. It's sweet. I don't, I don't have much else that I do in my life. I have a baby, and I have a podcast, and I can't talk about the podcast while I'm on the podcast, so I gotta talk about the baby. <laughs> 
I love it. You can talk about Eloise as much as you want. Okay, great. Thanks. And if you want to check out Haley's podcast, it's called Journeys Podcast, and it's all about trans people. So she has a different trans person and their journey on each episode. Which is awesome. Amazing. It's great. I'm just, I'm trying to steal a page out of Ellie's book here. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And we have to shout out our top tier lesbian Jesus patrons. Amy and Ellen. Kayla Kelly. Lizette Stye. Tanya Ferguson. Jess Klaus. Danny Griswold. Michelle Ray Thomas. Sarah and Julia. Nicole Gross. Carrie Ann Lawrence. And Mark Foster. Thank you so much to all of you. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Let's Hang Out Pod. You can send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts so that you'll be the first to know as soon as new episodes go up. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. We're releasing videos every other Thursday. If you want to help support the podcast, there are a couple different ways that you can do that. One of them is free, and I'm, I'm going to say it's easy, although I don't even know what the whole new iTunes deal is. So go on iTunes or whatever the new iTunes thing is called. Rate us and review us. Uh, it's just it helps other people find the podcast, and we love reading the reviews. And if you want to support us in another way, you can do that on Patreon. Join our Patreon family at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have some awesome things going on there. We have a Facebook group. We have a Discord. We talk about lesbian movies. We watch lesbian movies. It is the best, and we love all of our patrons. We would love to see more of you there at bit.ly slash lespatreon. And if you want to help support the podcast in a way that's a little more outwardly visible as well, you could pick up some of our awesome swag at our Tee Public store, which is at bit.ly slash lesshop. It is Pride Month. We have so many, so, so many queer designs. They are all done by queer creators and support us, a queer podcast, and we... Blah, 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 and something. And it is just an excellent way to deck yourself out in some pride gear that does not go to giant corporations. So Yay! check us out or check out any other number of queer stores uh, to get your pride merch. And if you want to take Pride Month to donate to some of your favorite LGBTQ organizations, you can donate to our Trevor Project campaign at bit.ly slash lestrevor. If you want to find us uh, individually, the best place to follow me is on Twitter and Instagram at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ellie Brigida. I'm trying to tweet more often, and I'm going down a dark Twitter hole, and I love it. So follow me on Twitter. <laughs> and with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.